everybody. Welcome to Comics All Mode, the podcast that gives our intelligent and quirky takes on video games, comic books, and comic book-related entertainment. I'm Russ. And I'm Chris. And, and uh, this is we're on week three, baby. This is week three. <laughs> this is it. We are we're on that we're on that weekly podcast grind, man. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I don't know what you think about it, but for me, I think, I mean, it's definitely a lot of work, uh, like trying to produce a podcast every week. Uh, I know you've edited the last two, so I mean, you probably feel that a lot, but even, even just like running the social media, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely think, um, it, it can be taxing, but honestly too, I think on the flip side, I think it gives me something to look forward to every week, honestly, um, because with driving DoorDash, knowing that, oh, man, like Thursday or sometime this weekend, I'm going to be recording uh, Comics Island Mode, uh, it kind of gives me something to look at, uh, look forward to. So, yeah, there's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> but, yeah, so we got a jam-packed show right. this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of some news. And then we're going to dive right into Donny Cates' Venom. <laughs> that was so good. Thank I didn't. You. Thank you. Where, I try. Why, why did I, you do the voice? Um, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the DC Fandom Dome event coming, coming up. Um, that uh, weird rumor about Shia LaBeouf uh, potentially playing Okay, hold on. Let's... Wait, oh, yeah, let's start with that because I have not heard okay, this. All right. So what what is happening? What is happening? Okay. So so here's I forgot where I first saw this. Okay. But the rumor was that I, I uh, Shia LaBeouf was going to was going to be cast as Iceman. It, it wasn't official, like it wasn't coming from an official source. Um I think what happened is they just saw him like or apparently he's he was meeting with somebody um, about potentially playing Iceman, um, which I think would be kind of cool. Um, but then, like after that rumor came out, Boss Logic uh, did a did some Photoshop artwork of him as Wolverine, and to me, I was like, wait. We're not even talking about Iceman anymore. We're just gonna jump, throw him straight into the Wolverine ringer, like. Okay, but that anyway. makes more sense. That makes more. Why sense. does it make more I don't, sense, bro? I don't like him as Iceman. Why? So, Why? so Iceman is Bobby Drake. Is honestly the person I love. I actually really love the original X Men casting of uh, Bobby Drake. I do. I too. Don't remember. I don't remember the actor's name, but I really like that choice. And even in uh, Days of Future Past, when they gave him a beard, it still felt like Iceman. Oh yeah, he did. He looked good. He looked good, and he looked like Iceman. He looked like it just made sense. I'm sorry, no, Shia LaBeouf, please, God, no, let's not. Cast I'm looking. Him as I'm looking up the actor's name. I just saw his name somewhere. He's uh he's playing somebody on The Boys. Uh, he's a great. The actor. next season, no, he's not. Wait, he is? Yeah, he is. <gasps> I'm so excited uh, for that show, Sh- by the way. Sean Ashmore. Oh, Sean Ashmore. Okay, yeah. So he, he is playing a character named, named Lamp Lighter. 
Oh, wait, he's playing Lamplighter? Yeah. Wait, okay, have you seen the first season of The Boys? No. Bruh, all right. It comes. <laughs> all right, so season two comes out in September. You have to get on that. Like, that you have to get on. It, it's not something you should probably It comes out when? In, in September? Yeah, season two comes out in September. I think it's either the first or second week of September. It's not something you you really okay. should watch with Jillian. I don't think she would like it. It's ultra violent, like it's hella violent. But yeah, it is so, uh, yeah, I heard about good. that. I know. I'm 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 interested. I'm, my in, my interest is peaked with that series, but it's very um, good. But I haven't been able to watch it. But yeah, so I honestly, I don't know, man. I don't. I do like him as Wolverine. I love so I'm gonna just say this right now. Oh my god, I you am, like him as I am Wolverine. A, I am a Shia LaBeouf, a Shia LaBeouf apologist. I like him as an actor. I have always liked him oh, as an actor. Okay. I like him as a human being too, just in like watching him in interviews. Like I like him. He's just a a, a dude. He's like a normal Shia person. LaBeouf apologist. Yeah, because a lot of people hate him. Like I'm now a Justin that. Bieber apolog- apologist. Wow, that was a yeah. I don't know why I just said that. Yeah, on so live air. That's oh, dude, that's okay. Just j- hey, the Biebs. Justin the Bieber's Biebs new cool. out. Al- the Biebs album, new album was mm, fire. But okay, I haven't, I haven't listened to it, and I don't. I probably won't for a little bit. Okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. But okay, okay, so so. Here's the thing. For me, Shia LaBeouf was even Stevens for the longest time. Okay, but he hasn't that was been one of my Stevens favorite for shows so long. I know, I know. But but as a kid, that was one of my favorite shows ever. I loved it. I loved it. And then when I first thought, when I first saw him in Transformers, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be this action oh, star? So That's so weird. Like, why is he gonna do that?" He. It was still kind of funny because it was um well it wasn't like funny funny but it had like you know the little uh, humor spread throughout it so that way just kind of like some comic relief throughout the movie um and then he started taking on way more serious roles and at first i was super skeptical but after uh i didn't watch honey boy but i really wanted to watch it um which is kind of like a biopic for him I think it was after Fury. I think it was after Fury. I really, I was convinced. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, questioning that anymore. I didn't see him just as like Lewis Stevens anymore. I saw him as a grown up actor. And so for me, I really love Shia LaBeouf. Love the idea of Shia LaBeouf being in uh, the MCU, being in the X-Men. But it's just so hard for me to look at anyone. Bro, he's got anyone. that unruly beard, though. That's the thing. It's like it looks, it works. I think I'd rather bro, I'd you, rather be Richard see, Armitage. Oh, hundred percent, dude. I would rather Wolverine be a lot of different people. Like honestly, but if but we're you would be go okay with Shia, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf. I would be a hundred percent okay with that. Like, dude, did you watch him in uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon? I didn't watch Peanut Butter Falcon, oh, bro. You need to watch. That I know Jillian. Movie. Jillian and I so need to watch good. that. Jillian, honestly, I swear to God, Jillian will be in a puddle of tears. 
I know that's that's probably why we haven't watched it in a little <laughs> bit, just because Jillian Jillian sometimes doesn't want to cry. So it's so good, it's so good. Yeah, and then like look at like I haven't watched it yet, but I really want to watch the Tax Collector, which is his new movie. On oh. um, <laughs> dude, yeah, I from I from what I've heard, he is just. Ugh. <laughs> like yeah if you dude, want, so if, like if there's a sound that you give to shia labeouf and the tax collector it's just uh <laughs> it's uh uh so there's manly, there's uh. a there's a um <laughs> there's a a page that i follow on uh, uh instagram uh called foos gone wild and it's just like it's just a bunch of like, uh, I don't know who runs it, but it's just like, kind of like, uh, for me, it's like it like it, it like highlights like Mexican culture specifically, like within like, not necessarily like gang culture, but more like cholo culture, which is different. Right. So, um, and it had a picture of uh, Shia LaBeouf, yeah. <laughs> Um, it had a picture of Shia LaBeouf, and it's like the homie Shia LaFou, and <laughs> I died. I died well, when I saw that. It was interesting. I, I was listening to it. I was listening to another podcast, and one of the guys was like, "Yo, I was actually kind of scared because I heard about this role and everything, and especially because it was like, dude, is he gonna get a lot of hate for playing like a like he's white, and essentially like from what I could tell, he's playing like." like a mexican uh character but he's like when you watch the movie what you realize is that no he's not he is a white kid who grew up in that culture that gang culture and so he talks like that because he grew up in that la that la area yes. which is something that sure. is that that is a thing that that's a thing that happens and so i love that idea that they're bringing a character yeah. like that because i don't think that you don't see that very often. Honestly, most of the time you just see a white dude playing like a, like a Mexican character. And it's like, no, this is different. This character actually works because of they're using that. Yeah. He's a white dude, but he grew up within, I don't know, most likely East LA. I don't really know where, where he grew up. Actually. Yeah. But yeah, I place in East LA. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up with a lot of kids like that. Um, kids that looked white or that were white and they just adapted um a lot of like latino uh culture into their own culture just because that's where they grew up and that's what kind of household they grew up in or whatever it may be so that's nothing new to me so hearing that now um because i didn't even know that i thought it i just assuming he's playing a mexican guy which i mean even if he was playing a Mexican guy, like there's a lot of Mexicans that are light skinned. Um, and yeah. so it's not necessarily, um, I, I don't know, to me, it wouldn't have been the worst thing. I understand that for a lot of other people, it would have been, it, it, it probably would have been an issue. And I understand that. Um, but yeah, I think it makes more sense and it causes less backlash for him to be a white character who just grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly Latino, Latinx. Definitely. And uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, I haven't seen Tax Collector. I want to watch it. I know I have to rent it right now or go watch it in the theaters. And the only theater that's showing it is really far away. So I won't do that. So I'll probably just rent that it ad- at some point. 
so that actually brings up a really good point. Um, I actually just saw this. So AMC is opening up for one day, August yeah. 20th, 15 cent tickets. They're showing a bunch of different movies. Um, and I don't know. Uh, what do you like? They're at 30, 30% capacity. And it's interesting because what I've, so what I've heard so far is a lot of people, especially like I was listening to the C, uh, the CBR podcast, their weekly podcast. And the one guy was like, yo, I literally bought out. I bought 15 tickets because they were 15 yeah. cents. He's like, I bought 15 tickets. And because of, I was part of the rewards program. I, I literally spent zero money. So I have sure. like a good 75% of the theater bought out for bloodshot. He's like, I don't even like bloodshot. I've seen it. I had to review it. I don't like bloodshot. But he's like, honestly, but I might just go for the, the fact that I might just go for the fact that it's going to be me and maybe one other dude that is in the theater. Sure. Yeah, they're wow. so they're 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 opening up on August 20th because it's their centennial yeah. um, year. So they're they're, they're doing a hundred year anniversary, which is I think it's September uh, that they're opening their opening up day price theaters. was 15 cents, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't, don't don't quote me on that. Actually, I don't know if that's that's what it is. That's like nineteen. But reopen more than a hundred U.S. theaters. Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, so not everything. I mean, at least it's it's one of those things like it's getting the theaters open, and sure, it's what it's also doing is it's. I think honestly, it's a trial run. It's to see how many people actually go back to the theater for fifteen cents to check it out to see if the they're they're doing everything they can to keep people safe um but hey you know what i sent you the meme i sent you the gif of hawkeye saying don't give me hope but man dude if it, this isn't giving me hope for being able to watch black widow in november i want yeah i do i will i will risk it i will put a mask on i will I will take plastic wrap and I will wrap myself in plastic if I have to if I get to be able to sit in that theater and watch Black Widow cuz yeah I, I, I want to see it this year. <laughs> I'm really torn because I I want to see New Mutants so bad. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I don't know what Okay, what but that's also like weird. To go into a theater. But that's also weird? weird. New Mutants doesn't come out till August 28th. Right. And the theaters don't open till I think September. I want to say September tenth. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say that the that AMC is opening theaters September tenth, or it's either September tenth or September fourth. I probably get those mixed up. I don't remember exactly. I'm also probably thinking of the Avengers coming out on September fourth. Um. But yeah. So trying to find the date that it opens back up but i think so the 5th august 20th they're gonna open over 100 u.s theaters right but are they gonna oh okay. so they're gonna keep them open right so is that what's happening well, they're gonna they're try to up? yeah that's that's oh, okay. i think that's the plan now that um, makes more sense so amc's other u.s theaters will open only after authorized to do so by state and local officials so um amc added that it expects to open two-thirds this is on cnnbusiness.com 
or CNN.com, uh, the business section. So it says, uh, open two thirds of its more than 600 U.S. theaters location or theater locations by the time Christopher Nolan's thriller Tenant hits oh, theaters yeah, on September right. 3rd. So really that's just saying that they're planning on reopening over two thirds of them by that time. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to reopen on the 20th. Uh, with over a hundred theaters, so they're not going to do the whole. Are they all their theaters? Yeah, they're right. just going to do over a hundred, like a soft open, and then they're going to open more as they can, and then as soon as state and local officials say they can, they'll open up as many as they can within those areas. And August twenty eighth is when New Mutants comes out, and Tenant is on September third. Yeah. That's going to so, be interesting, honestly. I'm really interested to see how many people actually decide to brave the theaters. Because, dude, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I live in Arizona. Bro, it has been consistently 115 to 120 degrees for the last three weeks. Oh, gosh. There is nothing Friends. to do out here right now because you don't want to go outside. I right. door dash for crying out loud, and my car is literally screaming at me, telling me to stop turning it on and off so that way I can it actually keep my AC you. full. Yeah, it hates me. It 100% hates me. So it'll be really interesting to see if people go back. Honestly, I'm I might as well I might just go back because I want pe- I I literally want to be able to see black widow in november and if that means i need to go to every movie like a movie once a week <laughs> from august through september i will do that because i want to see black widow bro you don't really like actually you do you're probably the one of the only people who realizes how like adamantly i want to see black widow yeah dude i want to see down i, I want to see a black widow so bad man uh... like i I can't wait uh, until well, that movie to, releases because I want to see what what where they're going to go from there. Um, and I know it's because that's part the of end. the I, it's part of phase phase three. Yeah, right. Phase three. Yeah, it's part of phase three. So I know that that isn't where we are. We're past that, but at the same time, they're not going to leave us hanging. They're going to give us no. something that gives us a hint into what phase four is. Yeah. I, I'm I'm every trailer so, unlike <coughs> unlike Milan's trailer cough <coughs> cough cough <laughs> every trailer that comes out for Black Widow I am just I get more and more excited actually also that brings up a good point I want to thank um I'm gonna actually shout him out right now oh okay I'm gonna give, shout I'm out gonna shout I want to shout him out because I want to say that Brent Hughes thank you for commenting on our post and um, having a discussion with me about Mulan because I really appreciate that because honestly, I was very serious about, I wanted to hear from people who actually were interested in Mulan. So I appreciate that. So shout out so, to so Brent that's, Hughes. That's my parents' neighbor and we actually spend a lot of time with him. So he's, he's Hell been yeah. a big supporter of the podcast since, uh, I mean, since day one, but that's only what, two weeks ago. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah thanks awesome. Brent that's thanks awesome. for uh, thanks for giving us some um, some comments on our post and uh, yeah helping us uh, yeah alright fandom Instagram. <laughs> fandom so, DC fandoms DC fandom is coming out next Saturday 
on the August 22nd. And, bro, I am, like, uh, unlike Comic-Con, again, cough, cough, <laughs> I'm so stoked for this event. Like, I am so stoked for this event. So, Like, just, I... just starting off, Wonder Woman 1984 is the very first panel. Like, oh, what? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> tell me like... tell me what you told me the other day. So, it, it's going to they're going to release them at the yeah. scheduled release time and then So, this is really cool. re-release them later as well. Yeah, so this is really cool. So, um they will be uh it looks like so for example, Wonder Woman 1984 starts at 10 a.m. Uh Warner sure. Brothers Games Montreal announcement comes out at 10:30. And then Sandman Universe Enter the Dreaming panel comes out at 10.45. So you oh, have for the podcast? These... No, no, no. For, like, these uh, panels. All these different panels yeah, are, the... are coming out, like, 15 minutes to 30 minutes after each other. So those the are Sandman all going to be happening. is for the podcast, I'm assuming, right? The audio? They'll probably talk about it, but they're also going to probably talk about the comics. Because that was a recent... Oh, okay. Like DC acquired the Sandman universe, but hasn't done a whole lot with it, and they've been slowly integrating the characters into the main DC universe. So I think that's sure. going to be a lot of what they talk about. But the cool thing is, if you miss any of these panels during the day, they restart at let's see, uh, they restart in the evening, right? Literally right after. I think Shazam panel is the last panel at four thirty-five. They re- literally start like at five o'clock and they re yeah. uh, they're recycling all of it. So if the panel in the morning is going to be a live event, which I, I hope it is, I honestly hope that they decide to go for a live event. It's just going to be recorded and then re um, replayed at the um, later times. And then that's going to go through the night. So they're just going to keep going through the panels through a lot of the night and early morning. And then Sunday is going to be another replay of the same panels. I think that's awesome. I think that's something Comic-Con should have done because that's going to give people enough time to say, Hey, I missed it on Saturday, but Hey, I can catch it on Saturday night. Or, Hey, I could, I was working all day Saturday. Hey, I'm going to be able to catch it on Sunday. I just think that's smart on there. Comic-Con was was literally a five-day event. Four-day event, though. So, I mean, this is a one-day event. That makes sense that they can do that in a one-day event. Comic-Con was a four-day event, full schedule every day. Like, I could only imagine if we had actually went to five or six sessions a day. True. It would have been intense. But Chris, the sad part is every one like literally I think there's only two panels that I didn't sign up for on this. Because every one of these panels I actively want to watch. So let's start off, bro boys and girls and anybody else who's watching (laughs) listening to this. (laughs) <laughs> so awkward. We got Wonder Woman 1984 starting us all off just out with a banger at 10 a.m. Then at 10:30 we got the Warner Brothers Game Montreal announcement, which actually is from the teases is probably going to be Batman Court of Owls for a game. Okay. It's going to be a game announcement. This is the studio that brought um, Batman Origins. 
so not Rocksteady. This is a separate, um, a separate uh, game studio. So that could be really interesting because okay. the Court of Owls is a great. Oh, that is a great storyline. So then we got the Court Sandman universe. Court of Owls. Yeah, Court of Owls. We'll have to get you to read that at some point. So we got Sandman Universe at 1045. We got Multiverse 101, which could be interesting, especially with how much sure. multiverse events that they've been having in the comics so far. Then we have Introducing oh, Flash. Okay. So that could either be comic related or that could be movie related. Right. Then we have Beyond Batman. And then we have right. at 12 p.m. on Saturday. The Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad movie panel. That's right. So That's I want. Right. I think. I honestly, I think there we're gonna get confirmation of who everybody is. Oh, okay. I honestly don't. Yeah. I would be surprised if we get a trailer, but I do think we're gonna get confirmation of who. Well, uh, is it? It's finished. Movies. Is it? When's it supposed to come? I think when's it's it, finished. When's it supposed to come out? I'm looking it up. Yeah. Because I didn't think it was coming out for like at least another year, I thought it was going to come out in twenty twenty two. I think yeah, the really sure. interesting. Uh, I think the really interesting part about that movie is twenty twenty one. Okay, so it's coming out twenty twenty one. Okay, fall, the fall interesting 2021. part that I have about that movie is that they're bringing Jai Courtney back as Captain Boomerang and didn't try to bring, <laughs> and didn't try to bring Will Smith back as Deadshot, because I'm gonna tell I'm. This may be an unpopular opinion, but Will Smith as Deadshot was was perfect. I I liked it, but I also I don't him. know. I don't know the character. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I you know, I don't so know. Yeah, so then, yeah. So then we have females of color within the DC universe. So that's that's gonna be awesome. We have cool. Legacy of the Bat. So that's probably gonna be just be talking about everything Batman. And then this one's sure. interesting. We have a Chris Daughtry performance (laughs) (laughs) um and then we have i I didn't know i mean he shows up so randomly chris daughtry shows up so he really does he really does and so then we have the joker put on a happy face and then we have jim lee portfolio review dc villain super villain fan art which that's gonna be kind of cool um we have surprise dc comics panel so i don't know what that's gonna be uh, we have I'm Batman voices behind the cowl, which could be interesting, uh, especially Batman. if we're going to get Kevin Conroy maybe talking and we're going to get some of the other actors that play Batman talking. And I'm then Batman. No, I'm Batman. we have the Snyder Cut of Justice League panel. The Snyder Dude, I'm excited for that. We got Black uh, Black Adam. And then we have yeah. an interesting one. We have D, uh, CNN heroes, real life he- heroes in the age of coronavirus. I think that's going to be a good spotlight. Coronavirus. Um, we have a to be announced uh, panel, which is kind of interesting. We have an Aquaman panel. We have an Ask Harley Quinn panel, which is probably going to be talking more about the TV show. Which, if all y'all didn't know and want a raunchy uh, animated show to watch. Uh, the first two seasons of Harley Quinn are out on HBO Max. Uh, it's really yeah. good. It's very funny. Yeah, it looks funny. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I haven't seen it. And then we have the Wonder Woman 80th celebration. We have tomorrow's superheroes with Jim Lee, brought to you by Golden House. And then we have Shazam. And then we have Wonder Shazam. Woman 1984, 
the cast, cast play, play Werewolf in 1984. I don't know what that is. And then we have that Suicide boat. Squad, Kill the Justice League, which is by Rocksteady Studios, which is Rocksteady's the guys who did Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. So that is going to be sick, bruh. Apparently, from what they've Wait. said, is it's going to be a co-op uh, multi- kind of multiplayer, kind of oh, like yeah, the I Avengers that. game. That makes sense. Yeah. Which could, I just, I, it, dude, if I get to play as Deadshot, I'm going to be stoked. Honestly, though, if they bring in... Oh, all right, here's a wish list think... for that game. Here's a wish list for that game. If they bring Deathstroke into that game, bro, I would be so excited. Anyways, moving forward, that would be awesome. Hopefully, we'll get a game trailer from that, not just the devs talking about the game. Um, and then sure. we have the Batman panel. panel? So I honestly, yep. so here's the question to you: Do you think we're gonna get a trailer? No. No. Teaser. A okay. tease. Like, it, it'll like, be another like, Batman suit kind of tease, like, really quick, 30 oh. seconds. Bro, we've had that, though. We already had like it's that not gonna. Shot. No, it's not going to be the suit, though. Like, I don't think it's going to be the suit. Okay. You know, I think there'll, I... Be, there'll be something in there. It could maybe it... show Colin, Colin Farrell. Oh. Yeah, if it's all I honestly I wouldn't be mad if we got essentially the Batman teaser that they showed off the suit, but it was Catwoman, it was Riddler, and it was uh sure. Colin Farrell's Cobblepot. I would Just be hundred percent yeah, okay with, with the other characters. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's not that, I think it's gonna be a quick cut of like for like thirty seconds of like a bunch of random scenes from the movie. And just have some epic score playing in the background. Yeah, I and, and what it is, and I'm okay. Yeah, with I, that. I totally understand the if they can't release too much because it's because of yeah. COVID and what happened, and they had to stop stop filming. So, sure. but um, yeah, I don't really know what so, they're yeah. going to talk about. I'm interested to see what they do, but yeah, there should be something, probably a teaser. I think. Yeah, I don't this think that, I, be dope. I, realistically, I don't see them doing a trailer because they weren't able to yeah. film for the last two three months True. but they could be in post i don't know um i didn't realize so maybe i did when they first announced uh the new suicide squad and the cast um i have noticed that john cena's name is in there and yeah he's playing a character called peacemaker who i have never heard of before and i just looked up peacemaker and it's on fandom uh dc.fandom.com and it says, Pacemaker is a superhero and a, and soldier who loves peace so much, he's willing to kill for it. <laughs> so, I mean, originally he that... was a pacifist dis- diplomat who used strictly non-lethal weapons, although over time he developed into a more vigilante, uh, violent vigilante, willing to make sacrifices for the greater good. So, I think that John Cena is going to be so hilarious as this character as this character Bro, honestly it fits john cena like that's a character it does that fits john cena but i also and i love honestly... i love john cena because he was my favorite wrestler for a long time when i was a kid but even then i think he's really funny in some of the comedies and like um like his new commercials i think he does like the experian cow commercials and he's like riding the cow and it's just True. absolutely ridiculous so he He's just I, to me. He's really funny. He's absolutely. He's. I, I think that'll be a fun role for him. 
I think, but here's here's the other thing. I think I think Taika Waititi is gonna bring back this idea that these characters can die at any moment, because like we got oh. a little of that in the first Suicide Squad, where um I can't remember his name now. I want to call him Warpath, but that's a uh, that's a, oh the um oh that's a the in, that's indigenous a uh yes person superhero. He, yeah, because he was like, all right, I'm out of here. And they blew him up. They blew his head up. Right. I think right. Taika Waititi is going to bring back this idea, especially in the movie, that anybody, nobody is safe. Um, which kind of, which obviously I think uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is probably the only character that's safe in that movie. Because she's right. the only character that has carried an, another movie, but also yeah. everyone loves her. Even though right. her movie's not amazing, everyone loves her as Harley Quinn. Like I didn't, uh, I didn't watch it. I didn't. I did not watch. Uh, I finally bought it and watched it. It's not bad. Birds it's not prey. bad, but it feels very much like a dead. Like it's trying to be Deadpool, which oh, Har- okay. Harley Quinn is very much that way. So it makes sense, but it just didn't. There, there wasn't enough to make it feel like. Oh, this is original. Like this is, uh, this is original. You know, so. Hmm. But yeah. I I I'm really excited that Nathan Fillion's in it. I really enjoy yes. him, and I think it's about time that he gets a superhero role because Other he's been in a lot of Green a- Green Lantern, right? Like in an actual live action movie, because he he has been in so many, he's in so many fandoms re- already. That it's, I think it's pretty cool that he's gonna finally be in in a live action film. So, hundred percent, I'm excited I, to uh, see him in there. I hundred percent agree. Speaking cool. of superheroes, yeah. um, Project Power just recently came out on Netflix, and that sure. is with Jamie Fox and um, I'm gonna say his acronym J J G J G L, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, he is man himself i haven't i haven't watched it i know you haven't either um but that also uh, just looks like a fun sorry go ahead you go ahead oh yeah no i I, honestly that's gonna be uh homework for me this week uh i definitely i i've seen trailers of it it looks interesting i will watch anything joseph gordon levitt is in so i definitely want to watch it but that's definitely gonna be homework for me this week I want to watch yeah, it. me too. I I I want to watch that, and I I think I'm just really sad that we never got to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Batman. Uh, like or it kind of teased Nightwing. at the end of yeah, at least Nightwing, because I think he'd be great. Um, but I know that Robert Pattinson is going to do a good job. I just I would I would have loved to see Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there. And you also yeah. mentioned the movie The Devil All the Time um, with Robert yeah. Pattinson and Tom Holland, uh, Sebastian really Stan. It, it has a very thriller vibe. Um, I Ever since Spider-Man, like Tom Holland can do no wrong. He is just, A, he is just a phenomenal person in interviews, and he <laughs> is just a good actor. I know I keep saying that they're, that these people are great people in interviews, but like, there are some dicks in like just horrible, just 
awful people in interviews. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. So, but but, but yeah. the reason we no, bring these really up is because the reason we're bringing them up. Uh, so, um, the devil all the time is going to release on Netflix on September 16th and, uh, project power is already released on Netflix. So if you need some new superhero films or hero films type films, um, or even just action thrillers, um, like the devil all the time will be, uh, those will be on Netflix, and you, if you're and subscribed, hey, you can watch those. And hey, if you also need another suggestion, it's an oldie, but it's a good goodie. I just rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark, dude. Harrison Ford is just the it's a man. throwback, bro. It is a throwback, but it is such a good throwback. And if 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 there's anyone who has not seen it, you owe it to yourself as a as a human being and a member of society to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark because it is the best Indiana Jones film. The first one, I don't know how they did it, but Steven Spielberg nailed it on the first try. The only one that kind that 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 gets as close to the first one as possible to me is um uh the Holy Grail. I'm waiting for you. Holy Grail. Which one is that? I don't so think one it's with Sean called Connery. the Holy Grail. No, it's uh, the Last Crusade. Last Crusade, yes, dude. Yeah, because the, the Temple Crusade of Doom is... is the second one. Yeah, that one's not my favorite. It's I like better. It's <laughs> it's better. I will say it's better than the Russian Alien one, which actually had Shia Le- uh, LaBeouf in it. Actually, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I I grew up watching the second one a lot. So the Temple of Doom. Okay. Uh, I think my dad really liked the guy who, like, the priest, the high priest, oh, who yeah, was yeah. like, Kalima, Kalima. Like, uh, I love that. I mean, and Short Round is pretty good, too. Right. Yeah, so before we get into so before we get into Venom, I wanted to shout out The Amazing Spider-Man Run by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Um, for the last... Yes. The current issue is at 46. So for the last... Uh, for 43 issues, 44 issues, they've been setting up this new villain and the whole entire time he's talking, he's talking about Peter, like he knows him and all of this stuff. And you're like, who is this guy? The, the and, author, the author is talking about, talking about Peter. No, this, this villain. Um, oh, okay. Okay. And now I can't, I can't remember which, which issue he says his name, but he has like centipedes all over him. He's like manipulating other villains. Um, hmm. It's just, he's like, honestly, I like, he, he reminds me of like a Satan character. Like he's like, yo, like he's just creepy as all hell. So, but hmm. this current storyline is bringing out the sin eater, which back. Okay. This is a throwback villain. The idea of the Sin Eater was he was this cop who his partner got shot. And so he became okay. this uh, anti-hero that would just, he would shoot villains. Like he would kill the villains. Like he, so he essentially became like a, a like essentially like Punisher. Um, but his whole thing was like, he would shoot villains to essentially take their sin upon him kind of thing um you know you understand the idea of a sin eater. got it yeah um, sure 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 
But in this storyline, it's so it's crazy because one of the things we find out is that the Sin Eater shoots these guys, and for like five to ten minutes, you think these guys these villains are dead, and then all of a sudden they wake back up completely remorseful for everything they've done, though they can't remember anything that they've done. It's it's crazy. I don't it's I am so like wrapped into this series huh. that like it has me by the claws and I will not I can't it it won't let me go. I am just waiting <laughs> for the next issue. I'm waiting for next month because I'm like what is going on? Um yeah. But the the cool thing too is it uh affords a lot of areas for Peter to have kind of like inner monologue about mistakes he's made in the past. Hmm. Um, and it's just really good. It's just really well. Good. I just read he like has to like reconcile with Black Cat at some point in there. Yes, yes. Um, oh, that's a great issue, by the way. Like because there's been a lot they've they've had this weird relationship where they used to be like lovers, and then they were frenemies, and right. then they were she was trying to go good, so she was like trying to be his sidekick, and he was like, "Yo, I don't." I don't have sidekicks. And then Doc Ock took over his body. And so then Doc Ock ran into her. And because he was just like, oh, you're a villain. He like just just beat her up and threw her in jail. And then so then she had to escape. And then she became a mafia crime boss. And it was just like all of these things. And then finally, Peter got his body back. And she was all pissed at Peter. And he was like, yo. Sure. that wasn't I wasn't me. in my body. That wasn't me. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just continue to make more excuses. And so then he revealed sure. his identity to her. Because nobody mm-hmm. knows his identity anymore. Because uh, Doctor Strange took everybody's memory. Unless he unmasks two people, uh, they don't, they are like, I. there's like this itch that I can't scratch kind of thing. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, that makes so, sense. Ama- amazing Spider-Man. If you haven't been keeping up or if you haven't been reading, I highly recommend either starting with the current, um, the current run and working your way backwards, or just honestly starting from issue one of Spencer and Otley's run because Nick Spencer knows how to write Spider-Man. Um, and it is so good. It's fun. It's heartfelt. It's just, it's a blast. So, yeah. And speaking of other comics that we have been reading this week, uh, I finally was able to pick up my comics oh, yeah. that have been my comics that have been sitting in the comic book shop for the last few few months, I think. Well, weeks, months, depending on when they released. Uh, but I picked up X-Force 11, nice. X-Force 10, X-Men 10 and Wolverine 3. And let me tell you, man, X of Swords is going it's to gonna be, be legit. It's going to be, be so sick. It's gonna um, be I am so pumped and so ready for that series. Uh, X of Swords comes out in September, and it's going to be the be big uh, X-Men event. Um, I believe it's crossing paths with, with it's a it's a world event. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's an so, X-Men event. It's an X-Men event. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like much like the fact that right now we have the 
I don't even remember what the name of it right now is, but the Scree, Cree Scrolls. Oh, Empire. Yeah, Empire. Empire. Empire, Empire is a which gl- looks like cool a, actually. Yeah, I've kept up on like the first couple issues, and it's really cool. I haven't caught up to the other ones, um, but that's a global event. X of Swords is is just a um, X Men event, and then we're gonna, got it. And then after X of Swords and after Empire, we're gonna have King in Black. Oh, that's gonna be super good too. Which which I'm really excited to. Which kind of gives us in a segue into Venom. Venom by Donny Cage and Ryan up Stegman. To, yes, I just finished. Uh, the series up to now so from issue one to issue 22 i believe 23 is out it came out this wednesday yeah um, i read it but neither of us have read oh you read it okay um so you can you can spoil a bit for me but i so the only exposure i had to venom prior to this uh was one obviously spider-man 3 with Tobey Maguire, I, I had a little bit exposure to Venom, which I don't count anymore because the Venom we got with Tom uh, Tom Hardy was so good. So I, my new exposure to Ven- the character of Venom is not only just in like video games or whatever it may be, or knowing him as uh, Spider-Man's like kind of like one of his arch villains. Um, and that Spider-Man had war- worn that symbiote before. Like, I knew kind of the background. Um, but I I didn't really ever read any of his, like, anti-hero stuff. And so I think it's interesting the way they created... They gave him um, a... They gave Eddie Brock's character... Um, a lot of depth i don't i don't think i can relate to it very well because um he kind of has a tragic story he grew up in this home tragedy happened uh his father start and i mean presumably his father was beating him prior to that tragic moment that his whole life kind of switched around but um i don't know for the most part like he had a pretty tragic upbringing always trying to um, kind of make a name for himself or find who he is and then this suit when he's at his lowest this suit finally comes into his life and grafts to him and not only grafts to him because it needs to have a host but because it eventually kind of bonds with him and forms a interesting bond like character bond uh like the suit of venom itself is its own character and for me for me, that was a really, um, I don't know, you're used to the superhero being the superhero, not two persons in one for the most part. So uh, I think Tom Hardy won. I'm going to just do one more plug for the movie Venom. Tom Hardy did a good job of having those interactions with the Venom symbiote um, or with the symbiote that that um, that grafted to him. So. Uh, I didn't know a lot of the backstory of Venom, and I was going to look it up, but this kind of gives a good, um, this series kind of gives a good, uh, a lot of info on the backstory of Venom, um, the Eddie Brock Venom, at least, and even uh, some on Flash Thompson, 
which I'm not as familiar with because Flash isn't really brought up in this series so as much. That I think that's one of the things that like is really cool. So that's not true. Um, before Donny Cates series, we had um, Agent Venom, which essentially was Flash Thompson becoming Venom. And in his series, he it, it really focused on essentially trying to um, really meld a lot of that ang- the anger that the symbiote had. And so you see you still see Flash lose control a couple of times. But sure. Flash Flash being a good man is some is one of the things that the suit started to want to emulate and realize wow mm. okay I want to be more like this host who is a good person. He's a good And that's why they talk about the light the light a lot. Exactly. Uh, and so then that these symbiotes can 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 get away from null. Right, exactly. And so then you had um somehow flash thompson lost the suit they never really explained it for one and then this random Hmm. guy um lee price or lee prince or whatever he got the suit and he was just an awful dude and the suit was like fighting against him the entire time so then eddie brock Hmm. got the suit and and then you had a couple storylines and then that's when donny cates started his run and Donny sure. Cates starts his run. Venom is Venom slash Eddie Brock. They are in the dumps. They are in yes. the dumps. Yes. And I think I really liked that because it it showed because especially if you're going to try to make you're trying to take Venom in a more heroic um direction, having Venom be in the dumps really kind of shows the difference between like differentiates him from spider-man like obviously sure. yes peter has his P- parker luck and so he is kind of in the dumps a lot too but like eddie is just at that i think at the start he's like homeless almost like it's it's dire situation for him right but i, yeah. I think you even see the disparity between uh which if you haven't read Venom, you're going to get some spoilers in this podcast. So just know that right now, if you don't want to listen and you want to read Venom, um, when he starts talking to, yeah, it's great. Donny Cates is one of my favorite writers now. I know we've talked about that before, but uh, I, I, I mean, I've read multiple things from this guy now and um, he just adds a, an element of, a lot of these heroes are broken anyway and they have issues and character flaws, but I, I don't know how, like, the way he communicates it really, I don't know, really jumps off the page. Um, but what I was going to say is, uh, gosh, what is little Osborne? What is his name? Normie. Oh, um, Normie. Yeah. His name is Norman, right? Yes. But he's, he's like a junior. Known as Normie. So Normie is living with Spider-Man during most of this. Correct? Spider-Man or Peter is no. taking care of him? Or his aunt no. is so, his uh, aunt. Normie, no. Not May. So Normie Normie is living with his mom, Liz Allen. Okay. And his Got it. and his dad, uh jeez, what's uh not Nor- uh, what's, Norman Osborne's son? 
Harry. What? Thank you. Why am I forgetting Harry Osborn's <laughs> name? Oh my gosh. James as a Spider Man fan, as a Spider Man fan, <laughs> I need to slap myself. Um, his um. dad is Harry Osborn, so he's living with his mom and dad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, you even see that between Normie and uh, Eddie's son too. Right. Uh, you see kind of this like one kid is like he's had a lot of bad things happen to him, but he's still kind of a good like quote unquote. Okay. Good wait. Kid. Okay. Wait. 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 Um, and then. Um, we need to back up. We need to back up. Because okay. you're moving so far okay. forward. You're moving okay, so okay, far okay. forward. Okay. So Venom opens so, up. Well, let me let me let me I wanted to I wanted to give uh listeners a little bit of a background on Donnie Cates because I did some research on Donnie Cates. Um because I didn't want to just I don't talk about the guy's art work without understanding where he's come from. And in an yeah, article uh with the Dallas News, um, he he gave like his profile um, to the Dallas Morning News, and this is in 2018. Um, Donny Cates, I just have like a few things here, but essentially he's been working with Mar. He's more exclusive of Marvel now, um, but he was diagnosed with acute acute pancreatitis in 2015, and saying that um, it was. Uh, it was quote unquote retribution for from his body for all the drinking he did, which acute pancre- pancreatitis comes usually from uh, drinking a lot. And so, um, or yes, uh, at least what it said when I looked it up on the, on the internet, on the Googles. Um, but uh, the reason I bring that up is because I think it adds like a Donny Kate's story. Um, Donny Kate's story as a also Rustin is showing me his issue of Venom One right now. Yeah, uh, so that I he have has framed and it when looks Donny really Cates, cool. When Donny Kate's first started, I was like, "All right, I feel like this is going to be a series that I need to get." So I ended up picking up a variant, um, a variant cover of Venom issue one, and it has him sure. essentially uh, swinging through. Um, the city in rain and it just looks and it's Stegman's art so it's absolutely perfect it looks great but yes yeah no, so, continue so 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 with Donnie Cates I was saying that I think I don't know just just the fact that this guy's coming from a place where he has dealt with his own issues which we all deal with our own issues um, but he's also he's worked really hard to get where he is uh, being an intern at Marvel for for a while working for indie for indie comics and even Dark Horse and other comics. Um, he has done his, he has worked hard and then he finally reached where he wants to be. Um, and so I think, I, I don't know, I don't know really what it is, but I, I feel like um, it's kind of like a story that very relatable for a lot of people of, you know, having this hardship and being able to work out of it. Uh, the quote-unquote American dream kind of and so I think um I think that helps some of his characters I think that helps uh it probably inspires him to put some more depth into his characters and so starting from the beginning of Venom I mean 
we yeah you're right we do start off with uh venom kind of in this down in the dumps place and also just kind of not really knowing what's going on with him uh with him in his suit and then starting to figure all this out and when when noel first shows up i didn't think he was going to be in it i thought he was just like kind of brought up in absolute carnage i didn't think he was going to be in the beginning but when he first shows up i'm like oh sweet yeah that's the that's the coolest part everything in venom ties everything from the very beginning to absolute carnage everything there is the thread is there and as you read it you can see it and then honestly like as as we keep seeing like you can see there's a thread building to king and black and the other thing so i wanted to mention too um he is he has been very vocal about this too because i listened to one i listened to a podcast that he and ryan stegman actually do together um it's called stegman and his amazing friends please go check it out it's great um but he has been really open about saying that in arc two when he has eddie going through very more it's it's much more a personal journey that was when he was going through his divorce and so Mm. he actually like people like his editor would come up and be like dude this is dark he's like well yeah well i'm at a pretty dark place right now sure and so that's really cool too because you see that he is honest about where he's sure. at and you can see that through his work but anyways let's continue yeah noel is just crazy well what you just what you just brought up i think is interesting because i, I don't know I, I i mean human beings go through their own stuff every day Oh, yeah. There, there's story of tragedy all over the world. There's story of good things all over the world. And so I think it's so interesting that once these authors pick up these characters who are kind of household names, who are these people that, you know, are have super abilities, but also have problems, but they're, they're really well known. And they're like, people have expectations with some of these characters, but it's so, so interesting to see everyone's different interpretations of how to take take this character and give it make it their own in a sense and still and people still love it um i mean there are probably comics out there where authors fail to do that and they can't they can't uh connect with viewers and they can't connect with readers um based off of the comic that they're they're writing and you know what maybe some people don't connect with venom maybe they don't like it uh, and that's okay but at the same time like I think I think Venom is a the, the way Eddie Brock is being written right now with and Venom is a pretty universal it can be very universal like a lot of people have people that <clears throat> have gone through issues like this in their life and um so to even just hear that that Donnie Cates was adding more darkness into the story because of where he was at and the dark place that he was at uh just I mean I don't know. To me, that just amazes me more about it. A- the, it adds authenticity. The, the, and it adds even that, authenticity. like, I, I think what was hard was I had always thought like comics were for kids. Comics are for, for little kids. Like when, before I started reading comics and um, I, I it just, it, it kind of like reaffirms that for me of like, I picked up Black Panther and I didn't expect that I would be, introduced to this world that i can actually get good storytelling and pictures as well i mean it's helpful for me to have some pictures to have images i think i just 
absorb things a little bit better that way. But to even just, um, but to have good writers and good writing with these characters just makes all the difference um, to give them depth. And so, yeah, getting back into the series, um, Noel, for those of you who don't know, look up Noel, K-N-U-L-L. Um, and he is going to be the main protagonist in, uh, or antagonist. He's the, he's the main Ant- antagonist. He's the god of the Thank symbiotes. Thank you. Words are, words so, are hard, and, and I don't always remember what words mean. But he is yeah. the main antagonist of, this, of like Venom, and then eventually going to be uh, the Kingdom Black series that's coming out in the winter. Carnage. And absolute carnage, yes. Thank you. I mean, technically, um, absolute carnage is carnage. It's technically but carnage, but Null yeah, is there. like Null is orchestrated, or it's being orchestrated around Null as well. Um, so Null is the god of the symbiotes, and so it turns out that the planet that the symbiotes were originally from isn't a planet, really. It's actually, it it is, but it's not. It's a cage for Null um, because it's a prison. he is. Yeah, it's it's legitimately a prison to keep this evil um, in and not let it get out. Uh, and so Noel has been a, a creature since the beginning of time. And he lived okay, in the, okay. what he calls the abyss. And yeah, go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. So, so the addition of like that, that opening scene where they're like, they show a bunch of Vikings and they're all like screaming. And then you see the jaws and you're like, what? what does that mean and then you realize that they decided to go all the way back and decide that grendel who is the dragon in beowulf Beowulf. was actually a symbiote a conglomerate of symbiotes yes that was an agent of null that right there was so damn cool i literally when you read that you're just like like this whole Venom all the way through to Absolute Carnage, and then once we finally get through uh, uh, King in Black, this whole series reads like a rock album slash metal album. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. you just the entire time you're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so, um, you, go, you, get, you get so hyped, and then you get like super introspective, and then you get hyped yeah. again, and then you get hit introspective again. And like the addition of, I loved the addition of Miles Morales in the first arc. Yes. I think that was perfect because Miles Morales and Eddie Brock could not be more different. And obviously when you think of it too, with Miles Morales like shock ability, it makes sense that he would be someone who could combat symbios. Like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, which which was really uh which was re- a good t- really a good cool. person to partner with him. Yeah, but also like on top of the superhero antics that just were like, "Oh, this is so cool. Like, let me grab some popcorn." It like the human aspect of Miles having to talk to Eddie and and them interacting was so good. And like also set up later when we get to Absolute Carnage. But yeah, that first arc, um, actually, uh, Kate says in an interview that he actually wanted to start the series off with the second arc, which was Abyss. Oh. And then the, sec- the, the first arc, which was 
which was essentially uh, Grendel, the Grendel symbiote, the dragon, was yeah. going to be the second yeah. arc. And Got his it. editor was like, no, we need something more bombastic for the first arc. And honestly, sure. I like the fact that it started off like just all sorts of crazy. And then the right. second arc, you're like, all right, now let's zero. Really in. settle into the story. Yeah, let's yeah. really settle into this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think the biggest thing that I connected with. So uh, I don't connect with the backstory of Eddie Brock very much yeah. because I don't know how, you know, that feels. I was never, you know, I never went through physical abuse as a kid. And uh, so I don't understand a lot of that um, from experience. But, you know, I think what I connect with Eddie Brock's brokenness and I connect with his his desire to uh, be better. Yeah, be better. Uh, I I think. I, I think he's he's uh, a little bit more of a rough around the edges kind of character, and so it's it's super fun to see him start interacting with his son and how that's going to turn out, um, or how it it does start to turn out. Um, but uh, well, you hold on, hold on, you just kind of dropped the bombshell. So yeah, so oh, <laughs> vol- I did, I did. So so <laughs> volume one, we uh, are introduced to Grendel, which is essentially a, the is essentially null's agent um and it has been awoken and one of the interesting things too is the whole what we find out is the reason that eddie doesn't understand what is going on with the symbiote and even the symbiote doesn't understand what's going with it on with itself is because it is starting to tap into the hive mind because grendel has reappeared and and been resurfaced on earth it is starting to be able to tap into the hive mind of um, of the symbiotes, which right. which is really cool because it gives it different abilities, like Venom growing wings, yes. which was so oh. which was so awesome, so, so cool. awesome. So that's really cool. So then they uh, Miles Morales teams up with uh, Venom, and they end up defeating Grendel. Um, Right. And then so then we move into volume two, which becomes more introspective Um, because they defeat Grendel and because they defeat Null. um, That sudden for the moment disconnect. Yeah. For the moment that that sudden disconnect from the hive mind actually harms the Venom symbiote. So it can't talk anymore. And so the really cool way that they show that is they show that by essentially the Venom symbiote uh, transforming into like a pit bull. Yeah. Like a bulldog yeah. slash a pit bull. And so it's more... It reverts it's more, to like a more animalistic Yes, form. and that is so yeah. cool. Like, And especially, let, let's be honest, like Ryan Stegman's art is a lot of the reason that that still just plays out so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it looks really nice. It just looks so clean. Um, and so I like the... This, I, I really do appreciate a lot of the dark... Uh, yes. like the shadowing that that he does there's so much shadowing and i think for this character it, it fits really well this character and is stedman is stegman doing thor no with Kate's? that's uh klein but he did do a because that looks good so too he, he yeah he did do a um he did do a variant cover which looked really nice um but yeah so it becomes more introspective uh eddie is now 
suddenly all by himself. He doesn't have the Venom symbiote to talk to you. And what you find out is Eddie does not do well when he is all alone. And that, yeah, out of, out of everything, that resonated with me so much. Because as someone sure. who's dealt with depression, who has dealt with yeah. mental health, like, and you know, because you're one of the people who I have leaned on heavily through all of this. Sure. Yeah. Being alone with your thoughts is some of the scariest things that one of the scariest thoughts that you can ever have. And so yeah. seeing Eddie struggle with this and then in the midst of struggling with being by himself, being led and all of a sudden and showing up on his dad's doorstep who hates him. And yeah. then on top of that, then finding out that he, that he has a quote unquote brother, brother. little brother, <laughs> quote unquote, little brother. Right. It's just gut punch, gut punch, gut sure. punch. And yeah. that I, I love the first arc and I love a lot of the arcs in venom but i honestly if i'm gonna if if i'm gonna right now say what my favorite arc of venom has been so far it's been abyss it has been that quiet moment yeah um yeah because it just it hits so hard and it's yeah. very relatable i think and then and obviously like a lot of pe some people aren't gonna relate to it and i understand that but i think for me at least it was really relatable um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, so I mean the feeling, out... the the feelings of loneliness for sure in that in that arc are super intense. But yeah. sorry, you were saying. Yeah. So we find out that Eddie has a little brother. Um, yep. He leaves because the Venom symbiote kind of freaks out, and they have an altercation. Um, he leaves because he needs to just get out of there. His brother shows up with a black eye and says, "Hey, my dad's beating me. I want you to kill him." And he's like, nah, uh, no, I'm not killing him. Right. And through all this, we start to find out why Eddie's dad hates him so much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. As someone who is has as someone who is 25, and just being young people, and you hear about the horrors of drunk driving, like. Sure. Donnie Donnie Cates going there with a yeah. Marvel character. I was shocked, but at the same time I was like, man's got some balls. <laughs> <laughs> and like finding out that that Eddie was the one behind the wheel A, but then B, the whole reason that his dad resents him so much is that Eddie was willing to cop to everything. He was willing yeah. to be like, yo, I was the one. Like, I'm guilty. And his dad, because he had uh um what's the word? Uh, he had clout, essentially, in the sure. in the uh in Community. the city. Yeah, was able to be like, No, you did not do this. You are innocent. You are innocent, and just railed that into him. But now you see that those choices have consequences. And that's what drove Eddie and his dad apart and drove his dad to be so abusive. Like, mm. oh, that just, that's just a, just grabs onto your heart and just kind of squeezes it. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just overreacting, but that just this whole arc just really was just a gut punch, and I just like sat in that, and it's just like it's rough. But yeah. I think it's something that everyone needs to kind of go through, obviously. And there's so many mediums that that go through stories like this, and I just think it was so cool. I think that was one of the things that re- I really realized how much I love comics is that a comic book could go through that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I definitely related to the, um, I don't know, being married now and having somebody around all the time. Um, it definitely does feel like something is like when you're and your partner is not with you, uh, definitely feels different and it feels, uh, like you're missing a part of you. And so I know that a lot of what he's dealing with is depression, uh, in his own life and his own story in that, in that part. But I also think what what I connected it to was just the feeling of, uh, loneliness in general and knowing kind of how that feels now, um, when my partner's not with me or that person who is the closest to me, which for Eddie is, um, the symbiote and, um, yeah, I mean, my my wife is not a symbiote, but um, just <laughs> <laughs> just the yeah. uh, trying to connect to that. I think that's what went through my head. But uh, I think yeah, the other cool. interesting part was uh, the maker. So Reed Richards from well, Earth, so, uh, oh, yeah. the Ultimate Universe, correct? Yes, he is yeah. Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, who's a villain. Yes. Uh, their interactions were really interesting. He's kind of a weird character and just kind of bothers me, but I know that that's what he's supposed to do. Um, well, yeah. So, so bringing up the just maker, so snooty. He shows up a little bit in the second arc, yes. Um, but he really shows up once we get into the like the third event, arc, absolute carnage kind the, of thing. Yeah. yeah, the third third arc also a main event. It had a lot of different crossovers absolute carnage which yeah oh that first that first issue of absolute carnage the way they do the chapters is so good i i read that issue probably seven times just that first day that oh I got wow it. wow i could I, I don't there was just something like that so ugh. The the way they draw the way Stegman draws Carnage as the and like the mixture of Carnage yes. and Null looks so creepy. Yes, it and is that tr- super crazy. And so then that sequence where they're on the tracks and Eddie realizes he has to grab the rails to end up. Yeah, it's gonna shock him, but it's also going to disrupt Carnage. That was that whole scene oh it was so cool also yeah the very first they do a really good job of explaining what happened in the first two arcs of venom in absolute well what helped me a lot slash page was web of venom webs of venom true that helped me a lot um so webs of venom is another it, it gives you more detail it's a different uh volume a different book um but it gives you a lot more detail into where he has in the first, where he is in the first arc, in the second arc, and then in the third arc, leading into absolute carnage. And which, uh, it it even shows you how carnage comes back too, which int- is really interestingly helpful. enough. You know the issue where you follow uh, Venom the dog. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was written by Stegman. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I thought that know, was I didn't uh, even know Yeah, that. so they did a bunch they had a bunch so even the colorist um that is on Venom, he wrote an it, one of the issues also. So they gave like oh, a bunch of, of, of webs of Venom. An yeah, on webs of Venom. They gave a bunch of people the opportunity to write. Oh, that's which cool. I thought was really cool. I think the strongest one for me was the uh, the issue with the uh, in like the cult um, where they first bring back yes. Cletus Cassidy. That that's definitely the strongest one I think to me. Um, and I I haven't really like Carnage isn't a character that I'm as familiar with, at, like as Venom, just because Venom is the character I've been more exposed to now at this point. It, this this uh the webs of venom series uh that shows cletus cassidy really gives uh gives you a lot of detail into his inhumanity even though he is a human um you see this twisted dark side of a person that has lost all sense of humanity and um it really sets you up for i i think absolute carnage i think if you can read webs of venom um, along with the Venom series, please do, because I think it's going to help you a lot for Absolute Carnage and then even beyond that. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, Absolute Carnage was such a good event. I, I was kind of disappointed with how many... That is one of the things that I will say. I was disappointed with how many tie-ins there were because I there was a lot of those tie-ins that just didn't feel necessary, but then there was mm. like a piece of those tie-ins that all of a sudden would be referenced in like the main book. And you were like, wait, what? Um, that was just really interesting. Uh, I did read sure. there. So there was a couple times I did read. I read the miles Morales tie-in, which was also was, was really good um, because he got taken over by a Ven- the uh, carnage symbiote. And so that, oh, yes, tie-in, yes. that tie-in really focused on him trying to get loose of the carnage symbiote which was really an interesting take because we've seen spider-man deal with how get how to get rid of the carnage symbiote but miles has never had a venom or a a symbiote attached to him so i thought that was really cool to see how that all worked and then the other tie-in that i read which oh amazing was the immortal hulk tie-in oh yes okay because the Hulk got taken over by Carnage. And it was interesting because essentially the entire issue takes place in Hulk's brain and it's the vent it's the Carnage symbiote trying to as like an extra personality trying to take over and it's like this council of hulks <laughs> as his all of Banner's different personalities just like yo get the hell out of so here good. like what are you doing like That's and it so was good. so well done like Al Ewing shameless plug if you've not read the immortal hulk series that is a series it's coming up uh at the end right now i think i think it has like two or three more issues but it is phenomenal uh it brings hulk back to his horror roots and it's just mm, so good but anyways so yeah absolute carnage was really good that so i i want to ask you because i loved this i loved this scene at the very end at the end of absolute carnage where essentially null is back yeah like carnage has collected all the codexes that he needs to bring null back and sadly and and eddie has a choice he has he has to either 
kill Null or save his kid. And I love that he saved, that he chose his kid. Because that, like, Eddie's not a hero. If Spider-Man was in that position, you bet your ass he would be like, Spider-Man would have chose to destroy Null. Because Spider-Man is willing to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. Eddie is not. Eddie is not that person. He is going to make the selfish choice. And I think that was such a perfect ending. As much as it sucked because you're like, oh, crap. Things are coming. It it, It, it makes him more human. It makes makes him more human. human. And And in that moment, as much as like every other moment through this series, you're like, oh, Donnie Cates understands this character. I think in that moment, you're like, oh, yeah. Donnie Cates understands this character. Yeah. Yeah. There and there's just, if if Eddie had made that choice, it would have it would have been a really Yeah, it would have been a really weird thing. I mean, like, he would have had to turn to a really dark place if he made that choice. Yeah. Um and yeah, you're right. I think that's that's also a hard a hard thing I have with some superheroes is that they make that hard choice to sacrifice a person they love in order yeah. to do their job or whatever they're doing. Um, and I think that's why sometimes some people like have a hard time connecting with heroes, but Venom is definitely a character that is, uh, that has the brokenness of humanity that has um, these abilities, but he also fights against it all the time. Um, yeah. He doesn't and like that. He is being controlled all the time, which a lot of humans 100%. don't like being controlled. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other fallout of the finale of Absolute Carnage is that Dylan finds out that Eddie is his dad. Yes. So because Eddie Eddie has found Eddie found out we've that come full circle. Was, <laughs> yeah, Eddie finds out that Eddie that Dylan is his son. Um, yes. I think right at the end of Abyss at this of the second volume of volume yeah. two. It, I think and it's so. It's, uh... Or maybe it's the beginning of it's, Absolute Carnage. It's right at the end of Absolute Carnage. No, no, no. Because Spidey... Because no, remember... Eddie well, knows. Yeah. Dylan oh, yeah. Know. Eddie knows. Dylan doesn't. Yeah. Which, right, there's right. another whole thing. The spy, the Spider-Man and Eddie dynamic... Yeah, conversation. ...in Absolute Carnage is literally perfect. It's so because good. Because Spidey... I love the fact that he's like... He's like, bro, I know you're trying to do the best... And I know you're trying to be a good guy, but why the why why do you have to be like this? And he's like, he, you could just tell Spider Man is just exhausted. He's like, why yes. do I have? To, I love. He's like, why do I have to deal with the symbiote stuff? Like, why can't you just go Hates fight it. muggers and not gods? Like, when did you yeah. upgrade to gods? Yes. Um, but yeah, so Absolute Carnage is so good. Um, the only Absolute thing I Carnage. had a problem with was the amount of tie-ins. Um, sure and and i didn't really read any of the tie-ins the only one i read was i i did end up purchasing the venom tie-ins um and i kind of oh no 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 i didn't you have them i purchased the uh war on the realms tie-ins yeah uh, for venom and they were okay they weren't great i don't think i thought yeah anyway um so from there it goes into venom island in which, which carnage wasn't actually defeated 
Um, well, there was a small there was a small sliver of carnage that remained. Well, because they because he consumed carnage. Right, right. So there yeah. was a small sliver of carnage that was that had got absorbed into the suit that was slowly starting was trying to take control. Honestly, right. I wasn't a big fan of of Venom Island. Um, I think I I think they promised more than it than that came out. I understand. Oh, what it was were, hyped. What, it was really hyped. It was hyped up. Now, let that all to be said, Mark Bagley is one of the best artists on the planet, and I will always l- look at Mark Bagley art because he does amazing on Spider Man, and I liked his I liked his art on Venom. I really did. I but I think I, the story I, just didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. I liked Venom Island because of Dylan. I think Dylan was the main character of that of that uh, part, and I think it's introducing us to his character, um, and to his symbiotic abilities because he isn't yeah. like the other symbiotes. He is well. He's also uh, not Eddie's kid. He's technically he's... the symbiote's kid. So that was one yeah. of the things that the maker said. <laughs> that was really that like screwed with my head so much. He was like. Yo, uh, so Dylan is technically the perfect hybrid of human and symbiote. That yes. just screws with your head so much because when, uh, oh, and I mean, so we had, so I keep, we keep trying to move past Absolute Carnage and then something else I remember. So Sleeper, which is, uh, which was a kid, which was um, Venom's kid comes back and you find out that Dylan can the yellow one, the yellow contr- and black one. Yeah, the yellow and black one. Yeah, Dylan yeah. can essentially take control of symbiotes, and yes. so he takes yeah. control of Sleeper. Yeah. And Sleeper's like, "Yo, I don't like that. Like, I didn't don't like do that. that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me anymore." But in the process, Venom blows up a a, a Carnage symbiote. Like he just literally yeah. just with his mind just blows him up and i was like dang like it's crazy you mean Um, dylan yeah so and that was cool too because then sleeper stays around and essentially (laughs) he makes a joke dylan makes a joke that he's more of a cat person so (laughs) sleeper changes from a dog from like a wolf look to just like a house cat so so then you just have sleeper just hanging out with dylan talking to him so yeah, yeah, I do agree that Venom Island was more of a Dylan story than yeah. Eddie, and I think I think if they would have hyped it up as a Dylan story and not Eddie's story, that would have mm. been I wouldn't have been so let down because I, I, dude, I, we we got Venom, we got a Venom T Rex. I think you're going to when King in Black comes out. I think Venom Island is going to be the thing that set that in motion. Whatever happens in that Venom Island, because of where Dylan is at and what we learned about Dylan, Dylan is going to be the person who saves everybody, probably. Oh, 100%. And especially because in Venom Island, he talks to Null. Like, he makes that connection with Null. And so, you like, that sets up. You're like, okay, this is coming back. We're going to see this. Yeah. 
Um, and and so yeah. from there, uh, after Eddie Dylan or after Dylan defeats Carnage, yeah, uh, Dylan saves Eddie, Eddie. Eddie one loses his loses his hand because he cuts it off because he's like goes to savage mode, like full beast mode. And and I think that also that also is a great part of Eddie Brock's character is that he he is willing to to fight even if he doesn't have a symbiote. Um, well, and because and I think because that he, also proves, yeah, no, one hundred percent. But I also think what that also does a lot what what you're saying is it proves he will do anything to get back to his son. Like his yeah. son is now his world, and he I has think that is so for. cool. Yeah, he has something to live for, with which is something that Venom and Eddie have never had, and sure. I think that's such a cool, like, monkey wrench. But it still it still makes sense for his character, essentially. Yeah, it does. It does. And and then Maker has been working really hard to get back to his own universe for a long time now. Um, which and then in Venom Beyond they get teleported into okay. that universe because of because but, of well, who remind me who that guy is that was attacking Venom. Uh, so his name is Virus. So hold hold on, wait. Thank you. The big the big thing there is that a, the Maker somehow has a machine that he was able to transmat. To go to the Ultimate Universe yes. and pull the Venom symbiote from yes. the Ultimate Universe. So the Venom symbiote in the Ultimate Universe is actually, it's not a living symbiote. What it is, is it's, it's artificial. A, it's an artificial suit that was created yeah. to cure cancer. But then the military, what they found out is that there were the that there was military properties that it could be used to make a super soldier. And so sure. that suit is completely artificial. There's no like it's not like the Venom symbiote of six one six. So then you have this Venom hating Iron Man suit virus who yes. kind of screws everything up and sends Venom and himself and Dylan into an alternate and reality. Maker. Uh well we don't know that for sure. We don't know. I'm that for pretty sure. Sh- okay, okay, okay. He, so because you didn't because he him. hasn't shown up yet. We haven't seen him okay. in the this new universe. Sure. Um, the issue that they started to t- to talk about Venom Beyond, I was not excited for. I I was I I saw I was excited about the Ultimate Universe symbiote, but then other than that, I was just like, uh, this may be the first arc that I'm just not stoked about. <laughs> And then this issue came out, so I'm. A, this is gonna be a little bit. This is gonna be a little bit of spoilers. But you find for me. out. So yeah, for you. So, uh, well, and probably if if anybody's listening, I mean, this whole the, series is spoiled the, for, for any of you who haven't read it. <laughs> read the new issue. But so Eddie and Dylan come in contact with the Avengers, but this isn't the normal Avengers. They have the Venom symbiote symbol on their chest like captain america has the venom sim- yes. symbol on his and that's what that symbol his, was uh, stamped sh- everywhere on his on his shield yeah so apparently well and so what you find out yeah exactly so that's why the symbol is everything so there's this yeah. villain called i almost want to call him cryptic but that's not it um 
So well, the so essentially the Avengers show up, and they're like, "Yo, like you need to step out of your symbiote and blah blah blah." Well, this whole time Eddie's like, like trying to talk to them, but the whole time the symbiote in his head is being like, "What? What is happening? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" And Eddie's like, "Yo, are you okay? Like, why are you freaking out?" And he's like, "He's like, I'm connecting to a new hive." So there is a oh. hive on this planet or on in this dimension that the venom symbiote is connecting to. That's interesting. Bro. So <laughs> they Oh gosh. So he starts fighting the Avengers cuz they're like, "Yo, like what's up?" And all of the Avengers have a a symbiote. All of the Avengers have a symbiote. And so they're fighting mm-hmm. and then um uh what's his name? Hmm. Uh, we'll take him to. Oh, dang it! Now I can't remember the name of him. Uh, anyways, so they take him to. So they're fighting, and then all of a sudden, uh, virus shows up. Well, I the 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 symbiote Iron Man shoots Venom with a bunch of repulsor beams, and all and Eddie's like, "Yo, like, what's happening? What's happening?" And all of a sudden, Venom's like, "This new this new hive." It gives us new abilities. We can redirect energy. And all of a sudden, ben, like Eddie goes like this with that, obviously the hand that's chopped off. And all yeah. of a sudden, tentacles start going like this. And he shoots a plasma blast what? straight through ca- straight through Captain America's head. Just straight what? through it. Just blows him up. Now, here's where it gets crazy. <laughs> There's no human inside the Avengers. They are a hundred percent symbiote because oh. then you get this weird Captain America just all of a sudden reforms the top of his head and the top of his body. That's so and weird. The creepiest part is the 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 villain the the overarching like the Lord that they all yeah. report to looks a lot like. He kind of looks like, honestly, to me, when I saw him, he looks like he could be the son of Null. Like, he looks like oh. Null if he was, um, you know, in the medieval times, you know those guys that wore the black hoods that essentially worked the, they would chop people's heads off? Oh, yeah, executioner. Yeah, he looks like yeah. if Null was an executioner. So he has, like, this black, this black hmm. mask, and he just looks, yeah, dude. Oh, that's so then that's not even the that's not even the craziest part. So <laughs> Virus starts fighting the Avengers and Eddie's like, okay. "Yo, Dylan, we got to get out of here." And so they they get out of there, they go into the sewers and they start walking the sewers. And then all of a sudden this these people show up. And and Eddie's trying to like, "Yo, like, hey, we just got here. We we don't know what's happening." And these people are like, all right, you sound like you're actually human. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, he pulls the Venom, like, mask off. He's like, yo, I'm a human inside of a symbiote. And they're like, wow, we haven't seen that in a while. And then sure. all of a sudden, this figure comes out of the shadows. And it's none other than Agent Venom. Oh. And Eddie goes, Eddie goes, Flash? And Agent Venom goes, Flash? And the 
the, the, the he removed they well they remove the cowl uh-huh and she Stop. and she and she goes eddie <gasps> what and it's dude it's it? dylan's mom yeah i was about to say yeah because she and? she wore a symbiote at, yeah and she wore a symbiote at one point and that's right. like how she died that was the whole point that's like how she, she died venom. and so you yeah. have this moment where eddie's like he had pulled his cowl down and he's like sobbing and then she's she's like he's like and and then she's like sobbing because then she's like eddie so obviously something bad happened to eddie in this world but is it is universe. it is it oh okay 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 yeah i was about to say because I was like, like she's like 616 and how is this or is e- it... how is eddie here that makes sense okay so it would probably be the ultimate universe's Anne. okay that's crazy no 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 it doesn't have to be ultimate universe Anne. it's dude this isn't the ultimate universe this is some other universe. Oh, this you're is right, not you're the right, ultimate right. universe. We don't know what universe. Kind of. Yeah. Dang. Bruh, I, I'm waiting for next issue when Eddie has to explain to Dylan that this is his mom. That's because his mom, Dylan's never met his mom. Probably not his mom. <laughs> well, but it's, it's his mom, his mom it's from another not. universe. Right. But it's no, no, kind of no, not it, his mom. But think, no, it is. Because Eddie hadn't. Okay. So I don't. Like well, what I mean is like hadn't, uh, it might not be the done actual the person that birthed him, right? Okay, yeah. It's essentially it's his mom from another universe, so it's not yes. technically his mom, but it's technically the same person because yes, because technically Eddie is not Dylan's father, right? The, the symbiote, Venom is. symbiote is because right. Eddie said in the beginning, like in the very beginning, he's like, dude, I know I didn't like Anne and I hadn't done the dirty for a while. Like they, they, he couldn't be my kid. I can't. I don't want to. I want to keep it done. PG. The dirty. <laughs> yes, but they bro, didn't have sex. I, <laughs> homie, I like this issue got me hyped. Like this is the issue that I was like, all right, you I'm are really hyped right now. You're really hyped. Like it, uh, it, dude. Donny Cates yeah. is killing it. Like, oh, so Venom Beyond. So. Everybody, I don't really. If you if you're not gonna read so, Venom, well, you can just pick up from issue 24 and you're good. <laughs> After we, what we just talked the, about, <laughs> yeah, right. The one thing I will say is uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Venom Beyond art. Um, okay, I know I know they're going through a rotation of different artists until they get back to Stegman because sure. the reason. So that was that's one of the interesting things is like. The reason Stegman hasn't been on the book since Absolute Carnage is because he's writing, he's drawing and getting ready for King and Black. King and Black, yeah. Um, and so that's also why there was a short period. Oh, that's why the War of the Realms tie-ins were not written by, uh, or were not drawn by Stegman was because he was getting ready for Absolute Carnage. So I, I understand that they have to have a rotation sure so i have no problem with that uh i'm just not a fan of how this artist is drawing venom sure um that's that's the only problem i have with it but other than that everything else like the art everywhere else other than venom i like it's just yeah i i I don't like i did notice uh yeah for the venom annual i had a hard time with some of the art there and for the uh issue right after the venom annual I think I also struggled with, but I totally understand. I know that they rotate, so that makes sense. Um, but 
But yeah. There you Venom. go. That's Venom. It's such That's so Venom. good. And uh Donnie Cates has also hey. written a lot of other things. Um he's doing the current Thor. He did a run Silver on Surfer Loki. Black. He did Silver Surfer Black. He did uh Cosmic Ghost Rider and Thanos Wins. Which um which so to to play off the fact that talking about null and talking about null being the big bad if you want more context on who null is uh silver surfer black is a really good uh comic to pick up it's only like it's good five issues it's only five issues but it's uh, the premise is that the silver surfer gets pulled all the way back to the start of essentially the the birth of creation and oh. because and because Null was born in the abyss, he actually ends yeah. up fighting against Null. So That's interesting. that is, it's a really good like you don't obviously you don't have to read it to understand characters and everything. But if you want more context on who Null is, it's a really good, um, like five six issue series to read. Yeah, and the art is is just bonkers. The art is fantastic. <laughs> Um, shout out to so there you my go, older, shout out to my older brother Bobby, who uh, is li- has been listening to our podcast. Um, I know you haven't been reading Venom, so there you go. In a nutshell, there's the yeah. entire run of Venom. You should still read it because it's bonkers. But yeah, <laughs> yep, it's crazy. It's fun. Uh, it's sad. It's a lot of different things. A lot of different emotions. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, find us on Instagram at Comics All Mode. And on Twitter at Comics All Mode, we will be on our Twitter more. We just are trying to get more content out for our Instagram. Speaking of new content, we are going to uh, start with what are we reading on Wednesdays and on Fridays. We're going to give you a weekend watch list um, of just things that we're watching and that we think you guys should watch too, and things that we're reading on Wednesdays that we think you should read too. So uh, be on the lookout for those posts. If you haven't followed us, follow us and. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to doing some more episodes. So, thanks yeah, for listening. And honestly, and honestly, like uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, we love feedback. I love feedback. I love calling y'all out and and actually having people respond. Um, yep. So, if you want to talk, DM us or comment on our posts. We would love to talk to you guys. Um, as much as we like nerding out for like an hour and a half on this. Uh, on this show we like nerding out even more uh uh, elsewhere so yeah um thanks y'all for listening i know this is a this was a long one um, this is a long episode it was a lot of goodness a lot of goodness so yeah Yeah, don't forget to follow us have a great week yeah thanks for listening have a good week guys later